1: Terms and conditions apply. NFL Total Access,
0: the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
2: apple podcasts or wherever you get your
1: podcasts
2: this is the vson hockey betting podcast with vson's hockey betting analyst andy mcneil here is danny burke
3: Alrighty folks, welcome into the show. Time for another episode here on VEASAN's Hockey Betting Podcast. I'm Danny Burke and alongside we've got Andy McNeil, who of course you can always follow on the tweets at Digital Gambler. And you can catch more of his content every day, writing up some good info surrounding the puck at VEASAN.com, that's vsi ncom under the nhl tab is where you can get all of andy's articles again he's doing it frequently so make sure you check that out especially whoa. as we are whoa, whoa, whoa. winding oh
4: danny danny did you forget the www in front oh. of com?
3: that's my bad that's my bad I, I missed out on that don't forget the www VEASAN.com, VSIN.com, com. Then you go NHL tab, baby, and then you find all of Andy's content. Can't forget the crucial trio of the W's, my friend. But uh, Andy, uh, like I was saying, hey, we're getting down to the season. More interesting storylines, more potential series matchups that we get to look forward to. How are we feeling, my friend? How are we doing up north?
4: I'm doing pretty good. It's, uh, it's a bit of a tough card today on Thursday. Um, I mean, it is that time of the season where... Uh, the market has kind of come to a, a, an agreement on a lot of these teams and where they should be priced on a day-to-day basis. And, I mean, for me, it always kind of comes back to um, a great analogy in, in in a book that came out a few years ago, The Logic of Sports Betting. Um, Ed Miller talked about, I believe it was Ed Miller, there's two authors, but um, he, he talked about how you know, there's almost like a, a, a sports betting markets are almost like a, a Black Friday sale. The the best um, odds and lines are available early. They get picked off. Sometimes there's a little bit left over. You can get get some good deals uh, in a, in a bit of a second wave. But after that, I mean, you're not getting those 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 great deals um, later on in the day. And and the way that the NHL market is at this point in the season, um, a lot of let's say unattractive um, value bets, maybe sitting around on a day-to-day basis. Uh, some big favorites, some ugly dogs, you know the you know the deal. But uh, today is a, a pretty tough card.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, man. Definitely a scratch it and claw to try to find some good angles today. And I only got one. I know you got a couple, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about those props that you have. We'll dish those out a little bit later in the show. But as we were alluding to here, we do have a couple of matchups that we may see in the future for the postseason for these first round series. And the first matchup tonight that we'll talk about where that could be the case is in the Eastern Conference with the Devils and the Rangers. Look like the Devils opened about minus 130 in several shops. Uh, Rangers plus 110 or so. Total six and a half with a little bit of juice to the under. That's what we're seeing right now. And same price virtually. I mean, some books have gotten up to minus 135 for the Devils and then plus 115 on the buyback for the Rangers. But coming into this game, the Devils have a two point lead over the Rangers. Uh, They're 2-0-1. New Jersey has the season series advantage on New York. So, man, I've been looking at this one and I'm like studying it and I'm thinking there's got to be some good angle here. (laughs) And the the, the deeper that I was digging, I I still couldn't find anything. But the assumption is that Shusterkin against Vanacek, uh, I don't know. I I guess I slightly lean toward New Jersey just because of that offense. But Andy Shusterkin has been the better goalie, as we know.
4: Yeah. Um, I think the devils are a team that are going to drive play on most nights. They're going to control the puck more than their opponents. And that'll probably be the case against the Rangers here. The devils rank, uh, top of the league and expected goals, for percentage, 58% over the last 15 games, the Rangers all the way down at 16th. Um, but, you know, you look at the, the amount of goals these teams are scoring for and against the devils have scored just 51% of the goals in those 15 games. The Rangers have scored almost 62% of the goals uh, in their 14 games since the, the start of March. So while the Rangers might not be playing good, um, you know, under the hood, things are working out for this team on the, the surface. They're outscoring teams in all situations around uh, 3.5 to 2.2 per 60 minutes over the last 14 games. The Devils um, just kind of breaking even, like I said, three three 3.2 goals per 60 minutes, three goals against per 60 minutes. So, um, yeah, the Devils, I mean, they're going to come in and they're going to drive play. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, whether or not they can – score enough goals and whether or not their goaltending uh can can be better than the Rangers goaltending. I I like you said uh lean towards the Devils. I think they're um deserving of being a, around a minus 130 favorite. Uh and like you said this is a, a potential playoff series, a potential uh first round meeting. Um and I and I, I think I don't think it's a surprise that the market is saying that the Devils uh are the better team. I think that's true and uh I did a bit of a rough estimation on what I would price um, a series between New Jersey and New York, assuming that the Devils uh, had home ice advantage. Um, I think that New Jersey would be priced in the range of uh, somewhere in the range of minus 140 to minus 150, probably on the, the higher side of that. Um, they would be a, a favorite in every game, I believe. Mm. I think they would be a small favorite on the road Uh, we know how good the devils have been on the road this season and of course i think they would be around a minus 130 minus 135 favorites uh, at home so um i think what we're seeing in the market right now is a pretty good indication uh, of what we'll see um you know in in a potential first round series and you know when you think about it uh, a game is harder to win it's harder it's should i say it's easier to win a game than it is to win four games against the, sure. the same opponent, right, if you're the, the underdogs. That's why you're seeing uh, New York's odds around where they are right now in a potential playoff series. I think their odds would be a little bit bigger, but that's why.
3: Yeah, and that would really be a fascinating series because, again, just like we're handicapping it for this game, I mean, the Devils with an outstanding offense. And, you know, the, over the last month, they have the highest expected uh goals per 60 at 3.6. But defensively, and especially in the postseason, I mean, a lot of times these teams get hot with outstanding goaltending. And Igor Shosturkin, we saw that last year, could definitely be the case once again. And for that plus money price, if that's what it's going to be, which all indications and, you know, the prices you're considering would lead us to believe that would come to fruition, could make it a little bit attractive for the Rangers. But, man, uh, maybe we'll get a, a good idea after tonight's game. But, yeah, the devil's a slight favorite, about minus the buck thirty or so. A higher total in this game, six and a half. I want to ask you this really quick before we move on. And I know you don't have a play in this game necessarily, and neither do I. But when you have a matchup like this that could be uh, replicating a potential playoff series and these teams are familiar with each other, the stakes are higher. Do you almost feel like it's going to be that playoff atmosphere and teams play tighter, the defenses step up, and maybe you gravitate more toward the under? Or would you say that's not something that gets applied as much in hockey as it might
4: in other sports? Well, just, you know, kind of, I think, from the perspective of both of these teams, you've got two kind of old-school coaches in Lindy Ruff and Gerard Gallant. I could see both of those coaches emphasizing defense heading into this game. Um, you know, knowing that you, you don't want to really give anything up, you don't want to give any, uh, you don't want to give this opponent the, uh, you know a potential playoff opponent um, right. any reason any reason to think that they can you know get one over on you. So I think that both teams will be coming into this game uh, looking to play tight, but um, don't have a, much of an opinion on the the total here. All right, well,
3: Andy, let's go ahead and move on to a game a little bit later in the night. Kings and Oilers again. So they're matching up tonight. Uh, if the season ended now, they would be playing in the postseason. For this game, Edmonton is at home. They open about minus a buck fifty as the favorite. Currently across the market at our VEASAN's Odds page, you see Edmonton as high as minus 160, uh, as low as minus 155. You're getting the Kings anywhere from plus 140 to plus 143. High total as it naturally is with an Edmonton game and a lot of times a Kings game. But seven is what we're seeing across the market. What do we think of this game tonight? I I, I get why Edmonton is the favorite, but look, the Kings are still a very solid squad. We talked about this the other day. So uh, I think Edmonton does have the advantage, Andy, but it's one of those games where it's I don't want to lay that much to find out if they are indeed the right side, because maybe the Kings deserve a little bit more respect. I don't know.
4: Yeah. I mean, the Kings, the Kings let me down, uh, against the flames on, on Tuesday. Um, I don't know that they deserve any more respect, uh, against this Oilers team Man, Edmonton is just their, their offense is just off the charts right now. 4.72 goals per 60 minutes in the months of March. Uh, the Kings are, aren't far behind, uh, They rank fourth on offense. Well, I shouldn't say they're not far behind. The Kings rank fourth on offense uh, in the month of March. The Oilers are first, obviously. The Oilers have scored almost a goal more per game in all situations than the Kings have. That just shows you just how dominant the Oilers have been uh, from an offensive perspective. Obviously, the Kings, though, their defense has been great. They're allowing two goals a game. Uh, or two goals per 60 minutes, and the Oilers, you know, f- up closer to four goals per 60 minutes. They haven't gotten the goaltending, uh, that the Kings have. So, I mean, that's that's one reason to maybe think this one is is this matchup is a little bit closer than, uh, you know, maybe some people or some sports books might suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see some websites, moneypuck.com has the Oilers, uh, priced at minus 150. They give them a 60% chance of of winning this game tonight. So, that's kind of a uh, a bit of a read on where you know some of the public opinion is i guess um i'm i'm closer to minus 144 i think that was my exact price on this game for uh the oilers obviously that shows you how much more i think of the oilers than the than a team like the calgary flames i was willing to take la plus 115 in that game um i'm not willing to take la plus 140 here i think the oilers um, a true price for them in in a playoff series against Los Angeles uh, would be around minus one sixty. So then, when you consider the sportsbook uh, vigorish commission, you might see a, a line closer to minus one seventy five or minus one eighty even. Um, but uh, I I personally uh, don't feel a whole lot of confidence going into the playoffs, you know, predicting how the Oilers are going to play relative to how they play this season. Because, you know, last season we saw Connor McDavid, just turn it on and, and, and kind of go to a whole new level. Um, I think we've seen that from him a little bit more in the regular season this, this year, obviously than we, we ever have before. He's been producing points at an unbelievable rate, Like we've, we've never seen really. And, um, you know that that means that maybe I could even be underestimating just what kind of what kind of damage he's going to do in this first round and and beyond. So um, that always gives me a little bit of of a scare in terms of you know underestimating the Oilers. But then you know there are so many facets to the game, goaltending and defense and things like that. But I definitely like Edmonton. I know we talked about it on this podcast a lot. I definitely like Edmonton a lot more since the addition of uh, of Matthias Ekholm at the trade deadline, and mm-hmm. I think that's really going to. Go a long way for them in the playoffs. But Drew Doughty, also being you know healthy this time around, if the Oilers and Kings do match up in the playoffs, um, the, the the Kings are going to have their their best defenseman in the lineup this time around, in all likelihood. So that's another thing to consider as well.
3: So what do you make of the Kings goaltending situation going forward with Corpus Allo and Copley? I mean, if you're someone looking to back the Kings in a playoff series, who would you want to be hitching your wagon to goaltending wise between the two?
4: Man, that's a tough question. Um, it really is. I mean, I'd be lying if I said that I had uh, the answers to the, the goaltending questions, but um, because that's a, you know, I think if there's one area of hockey analysis that we could make a lot of inroads, uh, it, it's it's goaltending, right? I mean, it's very, oh, this goalie's playing good, this goalie's playing bad, you know, this guy's had a bad career, this guy's had a good career, but I mean, there's so much more to it than that. If if I had to guess, <laughs> and when you you know, when I talk to some of my goaltending friends, I really get the sense that they, you know, have a have a a much, um, you know broader way of looking at things, I guess, uh, when, when it comes to the position. Um, but right now, I think all you can, you know, just on, on, on the surface level, I think uh, either goaltender would be a, a good, a good choice to, to, to kind of, to, to hitch your wagon to, or, or whatever. Um, but uh, for me, I mean, Corpus Allo, he's been a guy that I have always thought was able to rise to the occasion. I mean, we've seen him, put forth some pretty unbelievable performances specifically in the playoffs. Of course, we've seen him have some big lulls in his career as well. Uh, so it's, you know, the ebbs and flows of the, the game uh, things are going good for him right now. I think I would, I think I would, I think I would go with Corpus Allo
3: yeah i mean look Since he's come over to los angeles he's been outstanding he's allowed two goals in every game except one where he just surrendered one goal so uh the dude's been an absolute stud and look copley has been a revelation for the kings but more consistently i guess you give the slight nod to corpus solo as of late so, yeah Cop- uh,
4: we'll- copley's been really good um you know he's his, his win loss record specifically mm-hmm. uh he's he's 23 4 and 3 this season but his NHL career is 64 games. So, I mean, right. well, like I said, there's a big sample and, and some seasons where Jonas Corpus Allo was horrible. Uh, there's other seasons where he was pretty good. Um, and a couple of really um, small but meaningful samples where he was just outstanding. So I think uh, I think Corpus Allo is the guy right now.
3: All right, Andy. Well, let's move along, talk some more games in this Thursday slate on March 30th. Uh, Let's talk about the Bruins here because you and I have been circling around this team and kind of just the discourse of how these squads are going to play against certain opponents going forward who have things wrapped up. So the Bruins are coming off a loss to Nashville two to one. And you may think from an outside perspective, "Eh, it doesn't matter. Boston's got everything wrapped up. They just need one more game to wrap up the president's trophy. But after the game, uh, they didn't seem too content with their performance uh, what they were saying, they were playing down to their competition. And look, so a lot of people may be thinking that Boston's just going to bend the knee and, you know, give up, not give up, but just not care as much. They may be wrong. And you're seeing that reflected in the market with them almost a five dollar favorite today against Columbus. Uh, what do you make of that with all the comments that they were saying post losing to Nashville at home?
4: Yeah, not a good game. One of their worst games of the season. Obviously, they haven't had too many of those. Um, And I think I think going forward down the stretch, betters should be concerned that they will play down to some of these opponents, Um, especially when it comes, you know, when they when it comes time, the resting players, they're going to be resting players on some of these back to backs on the weekends um you know they played 15 games in March 3 back to backs it's a it, it was a tough month so um i think you're going to see them really really lean into resting players down the stretch they've been uh you know open about that uh but their leadership group was Brad Marchant mainly was uh you know, talking to the media after the game and he was adamant that that you know playing down to to your to to their opponents uh like they did nashville uh, is inexcusable and i don't think you're you're going to see them do that on on thursday against the blue jackets The, the they've got a chance to win the president's trophy with a win on thursday that would secure home ice advantage throughout the 2023 stanley cup playoffs uh and i think that people should expect a really good effort from this team but obviously that's reflected in the game line. They're what minus one minus four fifty right now, uh, which implies that they'll they'll win uh, around eighty percent more than eighty percent of the time. Um, so uh, you know it's it's tough to find an angle. I think, kind of off the top of my head, when you look at a game like this, I, I and and when you think that one of the things that was kind of called out by the media, the coaching staff uh, was the Bruins play in the first and second period, but specifically the way they started the game uh, flash. I think you'll see a really good start from this game for the, from this team uh, in this game. And you could, you know, possibly consider betting a, you know, a, a puck line minus 0.5 uh, first period. Uh, on on the Boston Bruins uh, at around I think minus 115 is the consensus price but like I said if if I was gonna if I if I liked a bet like that and I thought there was an angle there I would just my strategy would be more than anything else just shop around for the best price you know try to try to reduce uh, or try to try to increase your edge as much as possible by getting the best price and uh, and and that's how I would approach that one but as far as props I think there is one player that I handicap quite uh, quite a bit differently than the market does today, and that's Bruins forward Jake DeBrusque. He ranks second on the team in shots for 60 minutes since returning from injury on February 18th. He's registered at least three shots on goal in six of his last nine games. However, I think when you consider the opponent, the Blue Jackets, DeBrusque is a lot more likely to 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 go over that mark he he's registered 3.75 shots per game against the league's bottom 10 teams uh in in that category and shots against which the blue jackets are a part of uh he's gone over two and a half shots in 11 of 16 of those games against those teams and i think this prop should be closer to minus 160 not minus 135. So while, you know, minus 135 is sort of chalky for a, not necessarily, but sort of chalky for a player prop or any bet, I guess, Uh, for some people, I think it's a good bet because it should be priced closer to minus 160. And I think if you look around the market, you might see some of the, some shops trending uh, in that direction. Uh, DeBrusque against the Predators on Tuesday in the last game. Uh, the Predators, who are a better team than the than the Blue Jackets, mind you, uh, he was priced around minus one fifty five and a, higher at some shops to go over two and a half shots on goal. So I think there's a bit of a, a discrepancy here in in how he's priced, um, and and that's my bet, best bet for for this game with the the Bruins and the Blue Jackets.
3: Yeah, I, I like that assessment a lot. So to Brusk over two and a half shots about minus buck thirty five. Boston and Columbus. Uh, you also got another prop you're looking at later tonight. Tell us about Seattle and Anaheim and who you're scouting out in terms of their prop this evening.
4: Yeah. So I'm uh, another player prop, um, but you know, just a quick note about the ducks. Uh, they're the worst team in the NHL in shots against. We've talked about this before. It's uh, you know, widely publicized that this team sucks. Uh, they've got, some injury problems now, obviously Adam, Adam had out and expected to be out until April 5th. Troy Terry expected to be out until April 5th due to a, a personal issue. Uh, Trevor eager is listed day to day. That's, you know, those are their arguably their three top players uh, at the forward position. Uh, so they're going to be in tough today and and Seattle's been playing really well lately, but uh, I'm zeroing in on, uh, on, on, forward Jarrett McCann. Uh, prior to March 1st, he was re- he was generating 8.3 shots per 60 minutes. Since the beginning of the month, though, he's produced 13.2 shots per 60. So he's come close to almost doubling his shot generation through the last 13 games. He's registered at least four shots on goal in eight of those games, uh, thanks to a big boost in ice time. He's been playing alongside Maddie Ben-Gears and uh, Jordy, Jordan Eberle on the top line. And he's seen his ice time over the last month jump from 15.34 per game to 18.32. So about a three-minute increase uh, over the last 13 games. That's huge. Uh, and like I said, the the, the Ducks are just a, a bad team. They allow a lot of shots from forwards specifically. And the Kraken are shooting the puck a lot more now than they did uh, earlier in the season. They're, they're getting about five more shots per game than they were uh, in the months prior to March. Uh, And among forwards who have played at least 200 minutes this month, uh, he ranks seventh in shots. So, I mean, he's up there with some pretty good names. I think this prop should be priced closer to minus 110, not plus 110 on over three and a half shots Mm -hmm. on goal.
3: All right. Well, good luck with those props, my man. DeBrusque over what do you mean? two and a half. What do you
4: mean? You're not you're not tailing? You're not <laughs> okay. what do you mean? You're not tailing? Well, so here I, I honestly think I, I'll probably <laughs>
3: end up tailing you here on the DeBrusque over two and a half shots minus the buck 35. I, I, it's not like I'm going against you or anything here. I'm just, you know, gonna be sweating out a play of my own, but always dishing <laughs> out the good luck, my man. You know, <laughs> that Andy gonna be riding the McCann over three and a half shots at plus one 10. So uh, yes, we'll be rooting for that together, my guy. Um, here's a game you and I were talking about before we recorded because I was I was eyeing it out and I asked you if you had if you had any thoughts on it and you didn't necessarily, but I wanted to pick your brain about it. And while we were deciding if we were going to go further into it, we saw some bigger line movement, and this is with the Senators and the Flyers. So. You know, Ottawa was, when we were talking about it, like minus 150 or so. And then as we were, of course, having our discourse around it, they shot up to as high as well. Now I'm seeing minus 185 at South Point. Geez, some other books have minus 170, minus 175. So it's all over the place. But nevertheless, Ottawa has been getting steamed up, and that in part is because of the news of who is going to be starting in goalie uh, for Philadelphia, Felix Sandstrom who has uh, not performed well this season, to say the least, and especially on the road. O five 5 one 3.60 goals against average on road ice, 89% with his saves entirely this year. He's two ten 10 2 He's 83rd in goal save above expected this season. The last month, it's gotten better, but still not that great. And then Cam Talbot looks like he's going to be tending the pipes for Ottawa. Uh, he's won his last three starts, allowed seven goals in those three games. 29th and goals saved above expected this season. He's done pretty well over the last month, too. Uh, the play that I'm looking at here, Andy, and again, I my original thought was to lean toward Ottawa. Didn't care to lay about minus 155, which is where I originally saw it. And especially now that it's up to, like, minus 180, I'm not going to lay that juice with Ottawa because Philadelphia has been a hot squad. And, look, they've been virtually playing, like you said earlier, uh, when we were talking about it, they've been playing loose. I mean, they're playing with house money right now. But I'm looking at the total in this spot. And I did lean toward full game over six and a half. But I'm actually just going to key in on the Senators team total over three and a half. Minus 112 at Bet Rivers out here in Illinois was the best price that I saw. The last nine out of ten games the Senators have won. They've scored at least four goals. We just told you the reasons that I don't like Sandstrom in general and especially in this spot. Um, Again, 83rd and goals saved above expected this season. Senators playing a lot better at home. They're taking about four more shots on goals per game on their home ice. Their power play percentage goes up 9% at home. They're almost averaging four goals per game on home ice, 3.7 to be exact. And really quick, just the reason, too, that I didn't like the Senators, and you, and you pointed out when you and I were discussing it, I mean, Ottawa's banged up on the defensive side. That would also lead me toward not minding taking the full game over 6.5, but just in case it is just pure dominance out of Ottawa and Philadelphia kind of resorts back to the team. They've been like most consistently this season. I'm just going to put up maybe stock and a little bit more security and just trusting Ottawa's offense, which was my main handicap in fading Stanstrom in the first place. So uh, Andy, I'm going with Senator's team total over three and a half for this game.
4: Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think, I think there's, there, I don't think there's a whole lot separating these two teams. Obviously the, the, we don't know the status, or at least I don't know at this time, um, the status of Travis connectney for the the Flyers. Let's assume he's going to be out. That's a, you know, a, bit, a big blow to their lineup. And of course, like you said, uh, Jacob Chikrin and now Thomas Shabbat uh, out for the Senators on on defense. So, um, you know, that's an area of concern for that team. Uh, and and it's going to be even more so down the stretch now without those players. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm neutral on this one. Um, certainly, if I um, you know, if 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 this were real time and and the Sandstrom news had had just been announced, I would have, you know, maybe recommended a, a bet on the Senators. Um, but like you said, the line move, uh, no chance at this point. Minus one eighty, 180, minus one eighty five, minus one seventy five. Not 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 touching that.
3: All right. Well, then let's see if you got some interest here. Uh, my team here, the Chicago Blackhawks, in my neck of the woods, going to be hosting the St. Louis Blues. You and I have been picking a couple of matchups where it's two teams that have really nothing to play for at this point. Uh, We see St. Louis about minus a buck, 35 to minus 140 in the market, totals at six and a half. What kind of angle could people maybe pursue in this type of game where, again, they don't have anything to play for, but maybe there's a reason they don't have anything to play for because there's very weak parts of their team, which you could very well expose still.
4: Yeah, so I mean, everybody knows Chicago is just a, a horrible hockey team. The Blues haven't been, been, been too bad the last uh, the last month. They've got a winning record in March. I mostly think that's due to a a, a really easy schedule. Um, and now you're looking. I, I mean, they've got two of their best players on the shelf right now. There's neither. I don't think has been ruled out officially, but Pavel Burechnavits and Robert Thomas both uh, expected to be out until April first. Uh, according to the, the the one injury report that I'm looking at here, um, and and that's a you know a big big problem for the Blues. They've had to shuffle their lines around. Uh, you look now; their top line is uh, Brandon Saad, Braden Shen, Jacob Verana. Uh, the second line, though, Sammy Blaise, Kasperi Kapanen, Jordan Kyrou. So I really wonder what that does for Kyrou, who you know spends most of his time playing with better players than than those that he will he'll be playing with uh on thursday i.e blaze and, and kapanen so i'm you know what does that do for for kairu's uh shot prop his points prop etc you know will he thrive carrying this line or or will he you know be dragged down uh by his line mates and and, and uh, I'm i'm interested to see that but I've been. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger, um, but I, I really am intrigued. I'm kind of still shopping around to see if I can find a, a, a better price. Um, but I really am intrigued by Braden Shen over one and a half shots at minus one sixty. Um, you know, like I said, if I can if I can find something maybe a little more attractive, uh, I would probably consider that. Uh, looks like bet rivers has minus 156 mm. um yeah i, I mean like that that's a price i'd start to consider it at um but it's just a, an interesting uh an interesting game here with with those players out the top line kind of shook up braden shen uh you know kind of being the guy here to to really carry things tonight versus chicago who is a really weak team who does allow a lot of shots on goal ranking in the bottom 10 in that category. So uh, that's something I'm going to look at too. But just for now, I think just the two shot props, Jake DeBrusque over two and a half minus 135 and uh, Jared McCann of the Seattle Kraken over three and a half plus 110.
3: Well, there you have it. Andy McNeil, folks, at Digital Gambler, where you could follow him on Twitter. Those are the two plays that he's going to be riding with this evening. As for myself, sweating out the Senators. Team total over 3.5 at the price of minus 112. Some good games tonight to look forward to with some potential playoff series matchups. Cannot wait. And we cannot wait to get you more action here on v Hockey Betting Podcast. We'll be back next week with a couple more episodes, a little bit more to unpack as we get closer to the postseason. And again, make sure you're looking at Andy's write-ups at v That's V-S-I-N.com. But don't forget the WWW. Andy made that clear, baby. You can't forget that. But make sure to check it out at and Andy's got you covered on a consistent basis. But again, thank you to everyone who listens in. Best of luck with all your wagers and take care, folks.